Oh, there goes my amen corner. I didn't know they were going to leave. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'll be retired uh, two years next month. Uh, and I'm, I'm, God's using me. I'm getting to preach everywhere. So, uh, and, and I want you to tell your preacher how much you enjoyed me so he'll have me back. And I know that determines on how long I preach. Uh, I did this long enough to realize that I'm a smidgen nervous. Uh, I'm kind of like the little boy that uh, come in the kitchen. His mother told him to go out on the porch and get the broom. He said, oh, I don't want to go out there. I'm scared of the dark. And she said, well, that's okay. Jesus is out there. So he just opened the door and stuck out his hand and said, hey, Jesus, hand me that broom. Amen. That's kind of where I am. I, I come uh, with great anticipation of this country. I am, uh, I am excited about my country, but I'm also upset about the direction of this country. Uh, and, I, and the reason that I'm doing that is I'm afraid the United States of America is trying to uh, eliminate God from our society, and I don't appreciate that. So, But you know what? Here's the good part. He's still God, and he's still in control. Amen? Now, here's the key. When I say amen, you say amen, and 20 minutes we'll be shouting together, okay? But I, uh, uh, I, I, uh, I have a lot of stuff happen when you're in the ministry and pastor a church, uh, any church. There's just stuff. And uh, a few months ago, I was at the Waffle House. I like the Waffle House. We came, uh, we fed our, uh, 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 our cholesterol at your huddle house today. Uh, we, we really whooped it up at that place. Got us some good grease. Gets me ready to preach. Amen. But I was, in, I was in the Waffle House a few months ago, and I always pray before my meal. I don't put it on a scene. I'm not a synagogue prayer out in public. But the wife and I will always bow our head and say the blessing. So, so I prayed, but when I said amen, this big old guy with a rag tied around his head was standing right over my booth. And he looked at me and he said, I want you to know uh, that I didn't appreciate that. Now, I'm not a smart aleck. I'm not a jerk. I've been preaching long enough to know you, don't, you can't act like that. But he said that to me and I looked at him and I said, well, sir, I wasn't talking to you. And I, he didn't hit me and I didn't shoot him. So that worked out okay. Amen. <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad it, I'm glad it's Seniors Day. I want to preach you a message about a man that died at the age of 142 years old. Uh, so that will fit right in. I want you to turn to the book of pain. Now, the book of pain is right before the book of Psalms, and it's called Job. Amen? And, I, and, and the reason that God has given me this message, and I, uh, I'm booked way on into September with opportunities, not every week. Uh, I had a church member. I told uh, Brother Darren when I came in, he and his Teresa, I told uh, I told them, uh, I'm staying real busy preaching everywhere. And I had a uh, church member come up to me a few weeks ago and said, well, if you was going to keep preaching, why did you retire? And I said, because I didn't want to put up with you no more. Amen. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what happened. But when, when you see this book, and any time you turn to, to the book of Job, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a book that you recommend to people who's going through their stuff. Anybody here got any stuff? Anybody, you just got some stuff in your life. If you don't, just keep living. It'll come uh, and it'll pass and then more stuff comes. That's just part of life and I have figured that out. But in Job, uh, we deal with a lot of hurting situations. Uh, you know, uh, one of the main questions I was asked, uh, and I'll, I'll get used to turning around. I'm not used to the choir being here, so if I don't turn around enough, you just clear your throat real loud, okay? And I'll, I'll preach to you too. But 
but one of the questions that I was asked, people would go through situations or tragedies, and they would, and, and, and really, it seemed like they should not be going through that. Good, godly people that loved the Lord, were faithful to the church, were invested in His Word, but they would, they would come, uh, they would come to me, and they would say, uh, I, I'm just, I just almost want to ask God why I'm going through this. And I'd say, well, go ahead. You know, hey, God's not a wimp. You know, Jesus, uh, last week we celebrated uh, uh, the victory of that cross. That wasn't a wimpy Savior, ladies and gentlemen. That was the Son of God uh, that died for our sins and loved us enough to stay on that cross and not to come down and to go into that tomb. I get so excited about Easter. Hey, hey, aren't you glad to know we're serving a risen Savior? Amen? That's so exciting to me. Hey, well, go. You just clap. I love it when you clap. I'll be 70 next month, and I'm running out of breath a lot. So every time you clap, I get to get my breath, okay? So you just have at it the whole time that I'm preaching. Uh, I'm, I hope not to be too long. If I do, my wife will she'll tell me to shut up, so we'll, uh, we'll do good there. But when I, when I was asked that question, why, uh, I, would, I would say, have you ever just read the book of Job now? You, when you begin looking at the, the, the book of Job, there's, uh, there, there's a lot invested in that book. You know, uh, one of the things that I think people are missing uh, in our world today are the fruits of the Spirit. In the, in the book of Galatians, chapter 22, uh, you can turn there or just you can hang on. Uh, chapter 5, in Galatians chapter 5, uh, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I think one of the things that a lot of Christians are missing is the joy of the fruit of the Spirit. Like in chapter 5 in the book of Galatians, that's one of Paul's uh, prison epistles if you want to turn there. But, but in that book, in that 18th verse, it said, But if you be led of the Spirit, uh, you're not under the law. You, you're led of the Spirit. God bless your heart. I'm, I'm, hey, aren't you glad you're at this part of the journey? Aren't you glad you stayed with Jesus? I, I had people in my church that would get, get their feet. Anybody ever had their feelings hurt? Boy, I had some. They'd get their feelings hurt. and it, uh, I've had mine hurt. Uh, uh, but boy, as the preacher, you get far back, amen? I always enjoyed that part. But when I, when I look at these fruits of the Spirit, uh, and I'm, I'm, I love your smiles, I love the atmosphere of this church. My word, for 49 years of ministry, has been atmosphere. And so many of you stopped and introduced yourself to the wife and I in a very friendly church, and that's why there's so many people here. It's because of the atmosphere of this church. But when you see the fruits of that spirit, it said, uh, you're, not under, you're not under the law. Now, there's some laws. Uh, listen, uh, I, I don't agree with abortion. You know, America's killed 60 million babies uh, since they made that law. I don't agree with that law. I'm not under that law. I'm not living under that law. Although this country we live in, they're thinking, you know, well, we're going to make this legal to kill babies in God's eyes, in my eyes, in your eyes, in the ways of the Lord. I still don't believe it should be a law in this world. Amen? I believe God is the author and the finisher of our birth, of our death, and of where we spend eternity. And I think that should be honored in every country that God has control over. Amen? And when, when you see that in those fruits of the Spirit, it said, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are those, and then it gives you uh, the, the laws that, that born-again Christians don't want to fit into. It talks about adultery and fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness. But then it gets to, to where we are. But the fruit of the Spirit... Listen to this. this. This shouting ground here. But, and, and I hope you're familiar with this scripture because it said, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
long-suffering as seniors. And then it, and then it talks about the gentleness, the goodness, uh, and the faith that we have. Meekness, temperance against them. There is no law. Amen? And I shout the praises of the Lord on that. So when you, when you look at the book of Job, remember the fruit of the Spirit because Job had to come under that. Now, the way God gave me this message, I was sitting, uh, I've got a study in my house uh, where, we, where we live. Now, we have a little old farm we live on. I'm a country boy, can you tell yet? Uh, and I'm, I like it. I, I live in the country. I live two miles from Walmart and live in the country. It don't get no better than that, amen? Uh, but but uh, I was sitting at my desk and I was reading and studying and preparing uh, messages and I'm enjoying that. I get up every morning about 5 o'clock and I don't get up, I wake up. When you get 70, you, you just wake up, amen? So I get up and I study. I was in my office and I noticed uh, my wife studies uh, and reads her Bible a lot and she's all the time uh, doing that Pinterest and uh, you know all that stuff they do and then you got to put new countertops in the bathroom, they want a new shower and I mean I hate it when I go by and she's got that iPad out and she's looking at Pinterest I'm like oh there's another project in view, amen? But, when, but there was a, a list on my desk and it talked about situations that people in the Bible had been through. And, and I, I began reading this, and she had, she had handwritten it. And uh, I think she laid it on my desk, so she said, you might could use this one day. But it said that uh, it said Jacob was a, uh, was a cheater. Peter had a temper. Uh, David had an affair. Noah got drunk. Joah ran from, uh, Jonah ran from God. Paul was a murderer. Uh, Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Martha was a warrior, uh, was a worrier. Thomas was a doubter, Sarah was impatient, Elijah was depressed, Moses stuttered, Zacchaeus was short, Abraham was old, and Lazarus was dead. Hey, everybody's going through something, amen? And when, when, I, when I read that, uh, and Dr. Jerry Vines is a dear, dear friend of mine, he's, he's 83 now, in the last five years of my pastorate, he came to my church to preach uh, every year at this in the month of April. Uh, and he's just a dear friend. He'll call me. He's a big, uh, and I, I hate to get into football because you split your church, but he was a, 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 a big fan of one of the schools in Alabama. What if I do it like that? So he'd call me and we'd talk about football uh, and he would, he would just share ideas. But the last, uh, last August when he was here, he brought me his new expositor that he's late, uh, recently written. And this thing is phenomenal. And it's new King James. I'm a, uh, I'm a King James guy, but I like, hey, I like any, I like any, any part of the Bible. If somebody has enough wisdom and knowledge to interpret God's scripture and break it down while you understand it, praise the Lord forever. Amen. But when, uh, when Dr. Vines brought me this expositor, I was studying uh, the book of Job. And you know, the, the book of Job, it's not the easiest thing in the world that you've ever read from about chapter 3 all the way through to 30, 38 where it explodes in God's grace. But as I was looking, as I was reading that, uh, he, he made a statement in there and he said, now you got to remember it is, a, uh, it is a Middle East culture. And when I got to thinking about that, that helped me to better understand it. And then he said, it, it is a, a poetic reference uh, with, with all the friends and everything that happens. So as I looked at this book, I, I began realizing it's about Job. It's about Job's friends and it's about God. So uh, the friends, and, and I've, uh, as I've grown up through the ministry, you know, as a pastor, you get all kind of calls. I mean, it's, it's, it's every day, you know, it's 24-7, it's and a lot of people want advice. 
And boy, I thought I was Mr. Give Advice, pastor in that big old church down there in Anniston, Alabama, and I thought I was a, a walking book of advice. And as I've gotten older, I've realized I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of advice for people. And let me tell you where I came to that wisdom. I realized that a lot of people was asking me stuff that I'd never been through. And I'm going to give them advice as to what I could do. Well, when you, when you come to the, the, the climatic experience of Job, you realize that uh, these friends came on the scene uh, and, and what they offered him, it wasn't all that good. And when you, when you read that, God, uh, the friends, uh, you know, if you haven't been there, and somebody asks you something, uh, you know, I used to, uh, I spent my last time, I think I had 40 funerals um, the last year of my, uh, of, of my pastorate at, at this church. And, and I found out something at the funeral home. And a lot of people ask me this question. Well, when you go to that funeral home, what do you, uh, what do you say? I said very little. I just told people I loved them. They wanted a handshake or a neck hug. I just hugged their neck and tell them I'm praying for them. And because a lot of the things that they had gone through, I'd never been through. So I really don't know how I, how I would have reacted to what they was going through. So we get these friends coming on the scene, uh, and, and then this situation happens. I'm going to speed up. And now, when, when, you look at the, when you look at the book of Job, when you see the, uh, the first chapter, Job was loaded. He had thousands of camels. He had a bunch of sheep. He had oxen. He had all these donkeys. He had seven sons and three daughters. This guy was, this guy was blessed. So he has a meeting. I'm sure your pastor has staff meetings. I had uh, 30-something people on my staff at Hillcrest. So every Monday, I noticed what began happening. It became a gripe session. You know, my staff would come in and start telling me all this stuff that had happened. And uh, so we just turned it into to a revival meeting. I said, look, we're not going to come in here and beat this church up. And we're not going to come in here and run people down that's going through their stuff. We're going to come in here, and, and I love this. Uh, I, I got a piece of paper in my pocket, and I told my church, when you get older, uh, to, to, to all you seniors, we've got so many ailments, the wife and I, I, I just make a list. When somebody asks you how you're doing, don't make them stand there 20 minutes and tell them everything that's wrong with you. Amen? Make a list when they ask you how you do it. Hand them your list and just tell them to pray for you. Amen? But, but when, when, when you see this situation, God has called a, maybe a staff meeting. He, and, and this fiction gets so good. You'll probably end up shouting when I tell you what I'm fixing to tell you. This... God calls a staff meeting. This, <laughs> this is in heaven. There's a meeting in heaven. And guess who shows up? The devil. Satan comes to God's meeting in heaven. So we know at a time in this book of Job, he was allowed into heaven. Now when, when he shows up there in heaven and he starts running his yak, so, so here's Job. He's fixing to get caught in, in, the, in the war zone between God and Satan. And Satan is, he's saying, I, and God, and God in, 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 you've already read in the first few verses, uh, uh, Job was blessed. I may call him by the wrong name if I do. It's getting old. Names are not good, amen? I point at my wife sometimes and say, honey, what's your first name? You know, it just, it just happens, amen? You just, burp, you have a brain explosion and it's not good. But when, when you see the reality of this day, verse 8 uh, in Job chapter 1, now, there was a day when the sons of God came, and I think they're angels. 
Now you say, well, use your spiritual imagination. Let them be anything you want to. I think they're angels. But when they all got together and they presented themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them and the Lord said unto Satan, what are you doing here? Which comest thou? And, and, and Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth, from going to uh, the, your First Baptist Church there in Piedmont, Alabama, from going to Hillcrest Baptist Church, from seeing all of those people, uh, he's just telling God, I don't think it's all uh, what you think it is down there, God. And so in that, in that eighth verse, God, you get God's response. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job that there's none like him in the earth, a, a perfect and upright man, uh, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? That means he won't turn away from God. And then in that ninth verse, Satan answered and said, Satan answered the Lord and said, uh, Dost Job fear God for naught? Hast thou? Uh, and then he talks about, You gave him everything. I mean, the guy's loaded. He's blessed. Why, why wouldn't he love you? Why wouldn't he honor you? And see, now Satan is trying to, trying to stir God up. So, so uh, the devil said, I tell you what, you let me mess with him, and, I, and you'll see how much he loves you. And God said, go ahead, but you can't touch him. So, so if you read in that first chapter, verses 13 uh, through 19, everything that Job had, all his camel. All his sheep, all his donkeys, uh, everything that he had, uh, uh, he loses it. His, his children, a whirlwind comes. His seven boys and his three daughters die. And here, here's Satan telling Job at the end of this chapter in verse 22, uh, in verse 21, Job said, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord, shall, uh, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God, nor charged God foolishly. Now, in the second chapter, we have an explosion. Satan comes back to another staff meeting and he comes to God and he said, I tell you what you do. You let me mess with him physically. You let me mess him up. And God said, you can do it, but you can't kill him. So Job gets up and, and, and I figure he had the shingles uh, from, from the way the Bible talks. He had places all over him. Two weeks ago, I got over the shingles kind of. I still, if I make some noise and jerk, that's... That's the worst thing I've ever had, amen? I'd a lot rather put a new tin roof on my house and have shingles ever again. I've never been in anything like that. How many of you have ever had shingles? Anybody here? They're real, aren't they? So y'all pray for us. We are, we are hurting people, amen? But Satan goes to it. He said, I tell you what, you, you let me mess with his body. You let me mess with him physically. And I guarantee you he'll turn on you. Hey, hey, God said, go ahead, but you can't kill him. Job wakes up, he's got balls all over him. He's in the biggest mess you've ever seen. And, and then the reality of what Satan has done to him in that second chapter, in that second chapter, verse 3, uh, verse, well, go to verse 6. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. Now, if you go back to verse 3, the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Don't you love it when God considers you uh, to do something for him? Uh, you know, I don't think there's any greater calling when we get saved is when that Holy Spirit starts giving us direction. He led me to this church. Uh, wife and I were, uh, we, we were in our late 20s, and God led me to this church called Hillcrest Baptist Church in 1977. 
And we were there 11 years. I was their student pastor. I love that. Boy, you students, uh, man, this, this, is, this is the moment. Amen. You sop this up and you love Jesus. You walk through your school like God's in control. You share that gospel. And, and, and that's one of the greatest times of my ministry. And then he called me to preach. And all this time he was getting me ready. So I announced my call to preach and they called me to be their associate pastor. Three years. And then the only church I ever pastored, uh, they called me in 1992, and I was their pastor for 25 years. A 40-year journey, praise the Lord, that was a good trip. But when you see this calling that's been placed upon Job, God is telling him, now, he's been through this, he's lost everything. The Bible said his wife said, hey, you need to just cuss God and get it over with. Hey, she lost seven sons and three daughters too. She was upset like most mothers would be. But you know what? I'm spitting everywhere up here. I hope I'm not hitting any of you down there. Okay. My wife will tell me if something starts running down my chin. So we'll, we'll get by with that, okay? But she, uh, uh, when you see the reality of this calling and how, how much this man loved Jesus, you, you get to the, to, to me, you get to the reality of what this is about. Now, in that third chapter, if you'll turn there quickly, in that third chapter, you'll see uh, verse 11. You'll see the frustrations of Job. He said, why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost uh, when I came out of the belly? Why uh, did the knees prevent me? Or why the breast uh, that, I, that I should suck? Verse 16, or the hidden untimely birth I had not been as infants which never saw light. In other words, you keep reading that chapter. He's frustrated, and you can hear it in his voice, but then, but then something, something great and wonderful takes place. These, these friends that knew everything come on the scene. And they begin giving all of this advice. Let me tell you what I'd do, Job. If, if, if I lost all of my sheep, if I lost all of my camel, if I lost all of my donkeys, if I lost all of my kids, let me tell you what I'd do. Now, one of them, Eliaphaz. Now, you start reading this in, in chapter 3. And he was, and, and as, I, as I studied that expositor of Dr. Vines, it says that he was the voice of experience that represents the religious moralist with all the answers. You know, he was just more morally, he was, the, he was the smartest man there. What a friend. You know, you know when you do wrong. The Holy Spirit tells me when I sin, what about you? Amen? Yeah, y'all just sit there. No, I don't ever know. Yes, you do. We all do. And then Bildad. Boy, he was a kicker. He said, he's a voice of tradition and, re of tradition and religious legalism. Now, I love, I, love, I love tradition. But I think sometimes I was so tickled when uh, Brother Darren told me I didn't have to wear a tie. I had on this good-looking Easter tie, and I come in, he didn't have a tie. Uh, nobody had on a tie, and I said, man, I got to wear a tie. And he said, no, it's now in my honey's purse. Amen. And I, I praise the Lord for that. I'm sick of ties. I had to wear them for 40 years. I don't care if I ever wear another. I don't know why I told you that. Isn't that called chasing rabbits in the pulpit? Amen. But you know what? When you think about this, Bildad, he's this voice of tradition. Tradition is good if you're willing to allow new traditions to be established. Amen? Don't just sit in the water and become stagnant. Come, Hey, hey, we got to be creative in our ministries today. You got to feed these students sitting here. They want their music. They want their stuff. They want their reality of how they're serving God. And we've got to be willing to, to, to change tradition enough to 
to reach the whole world. Amen? I think a good blend uh, is what is necessary in our churches today. And this church wouldn't be this full if you didn't have a good blend of service. So praise the Lord for what you're doing so far. The third friend, he, he's this religious voice of assumption, uh, and he thinks he has all the answers. You know any of them? I'm sure there's none in this church. I had some in mine, amen, but I'm sure there's none here. But then you got Elihu, and he was this, he was this young dude. And he grew up in her, and he knew everything. He's the youngest, and he tells him, you just got to submit to God. You've got to trust the Lord. And here's poor old Job. He's like, do you have any idea what I've been through? I'm telling you, everybody, everybody is going through something. Well, something began to happen. We've gone through the situation. We've gone through the friends. We've gone through the tragedy. We've gone through the loss of a life. And then if you go to chapter, if you go to chapter 38 real quick, the Lord speaks. Chapter 38, verse 1, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. I love a good uh, whirlwind answer from God. Amen? Uh, when, when it's given me direction. And as, as Job, and as he heard from God, God said in that in verse 2, Who is this that darkeneth uh, counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now, gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and it will answer me, and will answer thou me. Look at verse 4. Where wast thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? He's saying, Job, you don't think I don't know what's going on? And you know, you know what I love most about where we are right now? Did you notice when I was reading, everybody's going through something. Did you notice when I was reading that scripture that Satan had to get permission from God to mess with Job? Two different times. Chapter 1 and chapter 2, he just don't come and jerk our chain, folks. We, we, we go to places we shouldn't be, doing things we shouldn't be doing. We open the door for Satan, but I'm going to tell you, if we walk in the presence of God under the direction of the Holy Spirit with the anointing of the presence of the Lord, hey, God's got his hand on us, amen? I, I preach to you today, I'm standing on the promises. Now, I've got family and friends that's in the presence, and I'm headed that way. I figure if God gives me 10, 15 more years of, of, of 80, percent, 85 percent of, of my running around down here is over. But bless God, I'm, I'm heaven bound. I've got something to look forward to. My God is real. My Jesus is a risen Savior. Amen? And then it gets real good. Thank you. And then, and then, then it comes to the, uh, to the joy of it. Look at, look at verse uh, chapter 42. Oh, now get ready. This shouting ground. Chapter 42, you'll see Job repents. Now, he's repenting because of all the junk he's heard from the friends. I mean, they've turned him every which way but loose. And while they're there, while they're there talking about all he's going through, hey, guess what? Everybody, everybody is going through something. Everybody. We've all got our stuff. But if you'll notice in chapter 42, Job answered the Lord and said, I know. I, <laughs> y'all just sit there. I'll shout enough for all of us. I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is thee that hideth canthal with it uh, without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, 
And he said, now I will speak. You see, this is what the altar is for. We're all going through something. We've all got our stuff. But Job said, hey, God, I know, I know what's happened. I know you had to let Satan do this. And you know something else I noticed about this. We taught Sunday school this morning. We have lessons uh, to, to get ready for the test. But you know what God does? God gives us the test. And once we've had that test, we can learn a lesson if he's still our God. Amen? So you've all been through your stuff. You all probably got friends or family that got hurt in church and they're no longer going. But aren't you glad that the test comes from God? But, but from, from that test, everybody's going through something. And from that test, God always wants to teach us something. Notice that. He said, he said in, in verse 5, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. And then verse 6, Wherefore abhor myself, Wherefore I abhor myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. <laughs> Y'all just sat there. You missed it. He repented. And you know what? When you finish that chapter, guess what happens? How many of you know what happened? God restores everything twofold. Seven more sons, three more children. He doubled his camels. He doubled his donkeys. He doubled his sheep. He doubled the inheritance for these kids. And the Bible said that he lived this great life till he was 142 years old. That's what I'm praying for. I said, Lord, I want to be preaching when I'm 140. Now, I'm just asking him to let me. But you know, when you think about that, God is so real. Now, I want to ask you a question. You're here today, and you're going through something. Here's the key to this message. We're going to go through something. It's going to happen. We're going to have shingles and measles and uh, arthritis. And I get tickled at the wife. We wake up every morning, we look, and I'd say, is it my day to help you out of the bed, or is it your day to help me out of the bed? We come to an agreement, and then we decide, you know, who's cooking breakfast, who's doing what. Uh, and in and, and 70s, everything that I didn't know it would be. All this stuff tears up, amen? But, but I found out something. Everybody that I'm associated with, we're all, every person in this building, we're all going through something. But let me tell you what Job did. He went through something with him. That's good, isn't it? So we've got to go through something. Let's just go through it with him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. See, as we go through our stuff, he's still our God. Jesus is still our Savior. Oh, what a Savior. So I want to challenge you for this invitation. Everybody's going through something. But I just want you to come and say, God, I'm going through this. I'm going through this. I've got this situation in my life. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're sitting in this building and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're missing the greatest joy of life by not walking with Jesus. No one, no one has ever cared for me like Jesus. No one. So you don't need to leave this building lost. If you're here and you're lost, 
I don't know why you think you're here, but let me tell you why I know you're here. You're here to get saved. You're here to get saved. If you're here and you're going through something, everybody is. Everybody's going through something. But I encourage you to come to this altar and go through something with him. Husband, take your wife by the hand and say, come on, honey. We're going to go pray about some of this stuff. We're going to fix it today in Jesus' name. Everybody is going through something. So why don't we go through that something with him? Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, I thank you for this sweet church. They have uh, nodded their heads. They've applauded. They've amen. Uh, they've invested in this very service. Uh, I thank you for this, this seniors choir and how they blessed their life. Uh, I thank you for this precious pastor. And I know that he's the reason for this great atmosphere in this church. I thank you for Brother Darren and for uh, him being able to just run this service uh, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the privilege of the scripture. Thank you for the life of Job. Thank you for that, what we thought was the agony of defeat, but it turned out to be victory in Jesus. Thank you for the reality of that. Now, God, everybody in this building is going through something. And I pray they don't walk out of this building without realizing you want to go through it with them. I pray right now as this invitation begins, they'll come to this altar and they'll say, Lord, I'm going through something, but I am going to go through it with, with you. And when it's all said and done, you're still going to be my Lord and I'm still going to love you. I pray for that lost person that they will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. I pray for that visitor that's looking for a church that they'll see the wonderful atmosphere of this church and they'll join this church today. I pray this in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Stand with us all over the building. While we begin singing, I want you to come to this altar and go through something with him. Would you sing, please?